I V M. Welcome everyone to episode 35 of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. I'm DJ here from London. It's close to midnight here on Monday. I've got Ashwin from Cincinnati. It's about 6.30 his time. And I've got Varun in Singapore. But Varun's en route to... Where are you going, Varun? To Kuala Lumpur. Okay, for how long are you going? For like 12 hours. Okay, so a short trip. <laughs> yeah. Business or pleasure, Varun? Oh, business, man. And some pleasure. <laughs> and right now is the pleasure of the podcast. Yeah. At the game. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, there's been a lot happening in the world of cricket this week. And since we last recorded with the Australian podcaster, Andrew Menzel, who does the Cricket in Unfiltered podcast, a few things have happened. India have obviously played Australia in the T20 games. The World Women's T20 is concluded. England have played Sri Lanka. And Pakistan have been playing New Zealand. So, quite a lot's been happening. Let's start, I think, with our focus, which will be India versus Australia. The T20 series has concluded. It was one all at the end of it. The first T20 was at Brisbane. India lost that by four runs, despite making more runs than Australia, which was a funny one. We lost that on uh, Duckworth-Lewis, but it's probably a fair result, given that Australia only batted 17 overs. Uh, so we lost that game. The second T20 was at the MCG. That was abandoned with Australia 132 for 7 in 19 overs. So that was probably India's game, we were thinking. And then that left uh, the teams going into SCG with the series on the line. India obviously had to come back and try and win the, se- win the game to tie the series. And who else but King Kohli stepped up to the four and we won by six wickets. So, guys, let's just go through the performances from the India side first. Dhawan, right at the top of the order, scored 76. Uh, in the first game and 41 of 21 balls in the second game. He was a player of the tournament. He's obviously not playing the test matches. Ashwin, thoughts on Dhawan's performance and is is it a little harsh for him to be left out of the test series or is it a fair call given his test record? Yeah, I don't personally think it's harsh for him to be left out. I think we, as cricket fans, tend to intermingle the test and T20 formats a little bit. People are saying Maxwell did well in T20s for Australia, so that's why he should be in the test. And similar comments on Dhawan. I think let our limited over specialists be limited over specialists. It's how we feel about Rohit. That's what we've said on the show about Rohit Sharma in the past too. So I'm happy to see Dhawan, you know, continuing his great form abroad in limited overs cricket. We just need him to now be able to bring that sort of incredible batting prowess as an opener to when he plays at home conditions, because as we all, as we've mentioned on the show before, for the, all three of us, the Delhi Daredevils fans, Shikhar Dhawan's returning to his home ground, the Delhi Daredevils in IPL 2019. So our hope, my, my hope is he keeps his T20 form up and continues it through the IPL next year. Awesome. Thanks, Ashwin. I think Rohit did okay, okay. Nothing too spectacular. There were a few big hits in the third game. But I want to talk to you, Varun, about KL and his performance. He scored 13 in the first game, didn't bat in the second game, and he scored 14 of 20 balls in the third game. So, what's up with KL Rahul? I mean, he had a great IPL. He went to England and we had high hopes from him. But, I mean, what's, what's <laughs> gone on with KL? Why is his performance dropped away? So, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's an interesting one with KL Rahul. I'm going to make a Bollywood reference, which is a bit obscure. So, I'm not sure if you guys... There's a movie called Johnny Gaddar. Uh, in that, there's a there's a dude called Shiva, who's this big dude, very tough dude. And the, the line Dharmendra uses for him is, uh, only Shiva can kill Shiva. Okay, And that's what I think about KL Rahul. <laughs> KL Rahul 
is just on his own destruction path nobody needs to do anything he just keeps coming out there i think i have to say that uh, he he's become very close friends with hardik pandya and his insta game is on but his cricketing game is not on i don't know what is going on i can't understand it is he such i mean the question in my mind is is he such a specialist opener that he can't even bat at number 3 australia is his one of his favorite places to play i i, I just can't figure it out there's no pressure they've given him a run for 3t20s odi is he's clearly not in the mix so to be honest i can't figure it out i, I think he's got talent i think india needs to probably just groom him for the tests now and and just just hold on that piece but uh, overall very disappointing kl rahul Interesting. Is Johnny Gaddar the movie in which Dharmendra also says it's not the age, it's the mileage? Yes, that's dude, the same movie. Right? It's not the age, it's the mileage. Speaking of the age and not the mileage, we had a very interesting Twitter poll of late. So we put up a question on Twitter asking who is the best keeper batsman in India in limited overs at the moment. We gave the public three options. The first option was Rishabh Pant. The second one was Dinesh Karthik. and the third one was ms dhoni now i think a year or two ago that this would not even been a contest maybe even 6 months ago there was no contest the result of that poll is surprising ms dhoni has come away a winner by 1% he's got 37% of the vote kartik has got 36% of the vote and pant has got 23% of the vote i hope that adds up to 100 but i'm happy to be corrected <laughs> But yeah. MS Dhoni has just edged that. But Ashwin, talk me through Dinesh. I know you're a big Dinesh Karthik fan. Talk me through Dinesh Karthik's performance. He's got 30 of 13 balls in the first game. Played quite a blinder, and then played a nice little innings in the third game. So, also his beanie. What's going on with that? So, give us some information about that as well. Yeah, I don't have any unique insight into the beanie, but I will say I think he's one of those players who delivers consistently, delivers, delivers again. and then in between series we we tend to look at it and say oh why are we breaking him again it doesn't make sense we don't we tend to have this very short memory and i was pulling some stats for perspective i mean his his career average in odi cricket is 30.8 so not really very exciting but in 2017 his average was 61 and in 2018 his average was nearly 42 and again remember he's a lower order batsman so it's not easy to compare him to an opener then if you look at t20 in particular in 2018 he's averaged over 60 in t20s now because he bats lower order doesn't get out in 2017 he averaged 71 so every all the stats in the last 2 years have been incredible now you can argue okay he's a little bit older he's not f- the player for the future but we've got together on this show and said guys we'd lack a middle and middle to lower order we don't have finishers and we've got this guy sitting in the wings you know constantly raising his hand delivering performance after performance and so i i was really really happy for him i think nobody needs to defend him just his numbers speak for himself i think we have to figure out what the odi side look like looks like especially if you have three keepers in the mix with dhoni in there like our poll showed but i was you know i'm sorry for the stat rampage but i was just really really happy for dinesh karthik to continue raising his hand and delivering those clinical performances at the order, lower order which is where we have the gap our top 3 have been disproportionately good for the last little bit. so so ashwin what spot would he take in the in the middle to lower order i mean whose spot would he take with pandya fit and kedar kind of bowling giving his six or seven overs in a game who does he i mean the only spot really available given they've backed raidu at four is dhoni's spot it is yeah 
It is, 100%. And for me, if you look at Dhoni's record in the last 12 to 18 months, and you look at Kartik's record in the last 20 months, 18 to 20 months, if you take the emotion out of it, it would be a no-brainer. Now, uh, what ends up happening is remains to be seen, but I think that all signs point to the fact that India's 4-5-6 for ODIs should be Rayadu, Karthik, Jadhav, and then one of the Pandyas at 7. So, I'm going to come back to you, Ashwin, on this point, particularly on Dhoni being dropped. I'll come back to you later in the show. So, And there's a reason why I'll come back to you later in the show. But Varun, what about Rishabh Pant? Has he shown us enough... Does he understand cricket enough? His shot, I thought, when we needed 18 of 10 in the first T20 was pretty atrocious. I mean, why was he trying to ramp the ball or whatever the shot, that shot was? He just needed to just play normal cricket. We would have won the game. No, I agree. So, look, I'm a, I mean, I'm, I've said it on the show before. I'm a huge Rishabh Pant fan. Okay, but there is a time. I think, uh, I think the fact that he's being given chances is great. But um, some of the shot selection is just atrocious. I mean, that's the only word. If it's, it, it, I can't understand it. Um, you've got set batsman at the other end. You're in a situation where you're going to win the game, and I don't, I don't know what you're doing. You're, you're not even reverse sweeping it. It, it, it was really atrocious. The, the only thing that uh, comes to my mind is that this guy needs a lot more time. There are enough people ahead of him. Uh, when I, when, and when I say that, I mean Dinesh Karthik and MS Dhoni. There, the good thing is there is time. What I can't understand is, and this is an open question to both of you, is if you were Ravi Shastri or Kohli right now, what would you do with this T20 series? Are you looking at this with the World Cup in mind next year? Or are you actually so visionary that you're planning for the 2020 T20 World Cup? And are you trying to build specialist batsmen and bowlers? Like, I can't understand why Chahel is being dropped when Chahel is, is, has been very successful. Like, I was messaging, I think, you or Ashwin or both of you and saying, I think I missed the trick somewhere, right? What did Chahil do wrong? Why why did Chahil uh, come out of the picture? Where has Krunal Pandya suddenly come in from? Why is Khalil playing? Is is a left-arm pacer needed for the next six to eight months in Indian cricket? I'm I'm a little bit lost, right? Overall on the series as well, nothing new. Um, for for six eight months we've just been talking, saying, yeah, we won the series in the in the shorter format of the game. The top three performed. Kohli got us through in a chase, and the middle order sucked. Uh, I mean, literally, it's almost uh, it's almost becoming boring to to say, to watch, to read. It, it's just the same story. So, so I don't know what's going on. Ashwin, do you want to take one, two, three, or eighteen of those questions? Yeah, there's a lot to react to in that. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I agree for the most part. I think there's no real vision. I mean, and again, we come back to the, all three of us work in the corporate world in some form. And we talked with Manners at our previous episode about how the Australian Cricket Board, for one, for better or for worse, is setting a vision for what they want their brand to be, for what they want their team to be. There doesn't seem to be anything. I mean, Kohli continues to do what he's doing. I will say this again. I think I have an infinite amount of respect for Kohli, the batsman, but I'm not sure he has yet shown to be the, the legendary captain that we all hope he'll be. And so same thing. And then when you layer on somebody like a Shastri, who's pretty clearly in the management role, in his role just to be a yes man for Kohli. Like, that's that's how he got the job. That's what he's doing there. It doesn't feel like there's enough of a vision. There's enough strategy. So, I, I mean, I have nothing more to build. I agree with Varun. I think the points are valid. I just don't expect it to get any better or uh, change anytime soon. So, I'll just pick up on two of those things, actually. One, I think, is Kohli. I know on this show, we're, we're all, we all really like Kohli. We, re- we really respect him and we are massive fans of the guy. But... He performs so consistently, we hardly ever speak about him anymore, right? And we saw he had one bad game in Brisbane. 
he dropped a catch he didn't bowl his best bowlers he got 4 of 8 and suddenly we were like what i mean this team looks like a different team when he doesn't perform and you saw it when it came to the crunch when you had to like tie the series to start your like tour off on the right note who stood up and counted when it mattered who scored 61 of 41 who was there at the end there's only one man and it's king kohli yeah. man he's always yeah, and- there and and the, the amazing thing was even in the last over he missed the first two balls but at no point were any of us worried no. right the, the the first two balls he was arguing a little bit about a wide it, it was not a wide clearly okay it was clearly not but at no point were we worried he then continues just two boundaries and and it brings me back to the point that kohli in the end just gives all of us a lot of comfort right he he can play that long he can clear the boundary he can win you the game with pure cricketing shots so it it is really fantastic the other guy i just want to talk about is shikhar dhawan man like uh, i know ashwin mentioned it but i haven't seen such clean hitting in a long time like even gail at his best doesn't look this good um shikhar dhawan was almost like it, it almost looked like me like he was playing tennis the kind of footwork and shots that he had it, it was like a federer nadal type situation going on there it was just beautiful to watch yeah the striking was clean i mean it was almost like he just gone on to baseball mode and just smashing it out of the park it was amazing to watch so i mean i think we've talked about kohli and i mean there's not much more to say about the man we really depend on him i mean every time he fails is when we kind of get knocked out of a world tournament right like you remember what happened in the champions trophy you remember what happened in australia in 2015 so i mean we're quite overly dependent on him and i mean it's a little worrying in that sense but anyway let, let's move on a little bit you spoke about krunal right so it was interesting he went for 55 of his four which were the third worst bowling figures in the first uh, t20 he then got maxi with a beauty at the mcg just turned it across his bat face and got him and kind of celebrated and then he got maxi again and uh, it at the scg took four for 36 which incidentally are the best figures by a spinner in T20 in Australia. So I mean he's shown himself to be a really quick learner and his batting is good. I mean he didn't really come good with the bat in this series. Maybe he struggled with the bounce and maybe he struggled with the pressure and just adjusting to like playing international cricket but I I'm not sure what we've done with him. I mean what have we seen with him in this series? Yes he can bowl but I mean so can Jadeja, so can Aksar Patel, so can Chahal. I don't know what we're doing Varun actually I, I was just trying to back that up yeah. I don't know what we're and, doing with Kronal Pandya and and that's why I asked the question that are we actually preparing for the 2020 T20 World Cup is that the vision that they've gone to Australia they want to get practice in Australia for T20 cricket it, it's not a wrong thing the only thing I would say is just be very clear about what it is that 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 you are looking for Kronal to me is, is a good fit but is it a question of Kronal and Hardik are just fighting for the number 7 slot or do we actually believe that krunal and hardik provide that batting and bowling all around the combination that actually maybe kedar sits out for krunal right it's interesting again it just comes down to i, I don't know what your i don't know what you're solving for i don't know why you've got so many guys in the mix and a lot of these guys are not doing anything wrong the guys who are doing who the guys who are performing badly like in, honestly in my opinion kl rahul they have they seem to be getting selected again and again your dinesh kartik and kunal pandya seem to be get selected perform and then get dropped so it's just a little bit unclear to me look it's not an easy decision or an easy call 
but i think there needs to be a lot of clarity now yeah so i think they they just played kronal just because kohli's lucky charm is having a pandya in the team so it's just like i need some pandya <laughs> hardik kronal jo bhi chalega anyway he needs some so, caribbean love man some i don't think this guy's caribbean though this guy's pure ghatkopar props <laughs> he has he's no the issues poor cousin he's the poor cousin <laughs> he's a poor cousin and he's proud of it he's awesome man He's, I I quite like Krunal. I like Krunal a lot more than Hardik. I don't know. There's something that pisses me off about Hardik. Yeah, even I like Krunal a lot more. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> I've just spent a few minutes criticizing his selection in the team, but you're both saying you like him, and I we should go back and look for clips on our old episodes. You have both advocated for his inclusion in the side when we've had sh- when we've been it's, short of finishes. Yeah, six both. months ago. Yeah, yeah. six so months ago. We, we We are, we are saying we are not sure what the management is like. I'm quite happy to have him in the squad. What are they doing now? That's the other point, right? Like you're six months out from a World Cup. Varun's asking if they're preparing for the next World Cup. Okay, fine. The next T20 World Cup. Also, in the meantime, guys, they've renamed the World T20 as the T20 World Cup. So that was a big move by the ICC. I think it's definitely a marketing spin, so they they can say 2020, 2020. You just you've said that three times on the show. That's the only reason you brought it up, right? You also you could say 2020, 2020, 2020. It's 2020, and I think what India lacks right now is the 2020 vision. It's, and it's going to be it's going to be sponsored by Specsavers. Exactly. Specsavers. Is the UAE, is the UAE tournament T10? Does it stand for 1010? Yeah. Or does it stand for 1010? 10. Or does it stand for 2010? <laughs> Or ten ten at ten 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 Tara. <laughs> okay, I hope all this bit's going to be edited out. By the way. <laughs> and now for a message from this week's sponsor of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast, Anchor. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When the three of us started on this journey, we really didn't know where to begin, but the solution was all in one place: Anchor. It's free. It's easy. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. You can record. You can edit. And best of all, they'll distribute your podcast everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Oh, and I almost forgot to mention, you can even make some money from your podcast by recording ads just like this one. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Thanks for listening. Here's a message from this week's sponsor of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. Beach Too Sandy, Water Too Wet is a comedy podcast featuring siblings Christine and Alex who read one-star reviews they can find on the internet of anything and everything. written by real people with not so real problems from bad reviews of grocery stores in Ohio to strip clubs in Vegas Alex and Christine read you some of the worst reviews in the most dramatic ways possible you can listen to this podcast on Spotify or any of your favorite podcast apps you can also find them on all social media platforms at beach to sandy thanks for listening <laughs> okay well, let's move on uh, so then the other guy to talk about is Kuldeep right I mean he's bowled beautifully you could see that the Australians weren't reading him they couldn't work out what he was doing which way it was going I mean they tried to keep slogging him they tried to sweep him they tried to hit him down the ground and I mean given how Zampa bowled given the success Shane Warne has had in Australia given that we tried to play Karan Sharma the last time we were here in the first test should we be playing him at Adelaide I think we should be I mean I see no reason why Kuldeep Yadav should not play as a sole spinner in Adelaide He's a class act, Varun. Yeah, I agree. Look, I I think the Lord's thing was just a one-off aberration. He's he's got pure talent, but I think he won't get selected ahead of Ashwin. If you said sole spinner, I think Ashwin will play. But yeah, I'm an advocate for Kuldeep. Look, just look at his bowling. Look at his stats across all three ODIs. I think 
Uh, I can't remember the exact figures, but definitely the most consistent bowler for us across all three. I, I, I think he needs to play. I think we need to group him even further. Ashwin, your thoughts on Ashwin versus Kuldeep? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would pick Kuldeep if there's a spot for a second spinner. I still think the amount of savvy and strategy and, I mean, look, if Australia starts batting deep, you don't need that mystery spin just as much as you need somebody who knows the game and who's got that experience. So, I don't think... I mean, we asked the question about Chahal, but the same question applies to Ashwin. Like, what has he done wrong? Why He doesn't deserve to be dropped, right? So, I, I do think Ashwin makes your primary spinner spot. I think there's room for Kuldeep in the second. But unfortunately, with bowlers, the truth is, you could also ask, what has Jadeja done wrong? And he really hasn't. So... I, you have your spoils for choice at this point. I, I think it'll be tough, but my gut says Ashwin will be first. I actually think Ashwin might have to sit out. I mean, he's done a couple of tours of Australia without much success. I remember him being thrashed all over in 2015, 2014 when we went out there. Even Maybe even 2011. I think David Warner just kind of took him apart when we went out there in 2011 at the WACA. And uh, I mean, he hasn't had much success. I haven't looked at the stats, but to my mind, Ashwin hasn't done well in Australia. I don't know whether his fitness issues in the past will count against him. We can't have a bowler basically sitting out because he's pulled a adductor or whatever that happened to the last time. And I think Kuldeep, given risk spin, plays such a large part in Australia and the way Zampa's bowled and the way uh, uh, Shane Warne's bowled, I think it's not a bad shout putting uh, Kuldeep in. But we'll, I guess we'll see. I mean, none of us can actually predict what this management does at the end of the day. So... I guess um, we, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, uh, the just, other sorry, just, point, to, just to build yeah. on that really quickly, Ashwin played six tests the last... The, he has played six tests in his career in Australia and taken 21 wickets. So, while it's not great necessarily, it's not that bad. He bowled a lot of overs, he over a thousand runs. But I don't know if it's necessarily bad enough to say that just on the back of that record, he'd be dropped, <coughs> just since you were bringing that up. But, but, but he I'm, averages like a 50. Yeah, his average is greater than 50 because they make him bowl half the day. And I mean, but the other thing is, I think Ashwin will play also because they need that one batsman. Remember, we are losing test matches because of the batting. We're not losing it because of the bowling overseas. So, they will play him because of the batting. Okay, interesting. We'll have to wait and watch. I, I think it's a backward move playing in uh, an off-spinner in Australia. But I guess we'll see. I mean, Nathan Lyon's done well, but he's learned to bowl on those tracks. So, wait and watch on December 6th. I mean, we'll do a full preview of the of the India-Australia Test Series starting on December 6th next week because uh, we've still got a weekend between now and then. But very quickly to wrap up on the T20 Series, the other two guys I wanted to quickly talk about are Bhuvi and Bumrah. Now, Bumrah was his usual fantastic sell, but Bhuvi hasn't looked like he's been back at his best. Ashwin, thoughts on Bhuvi's return? Yeah, I don't think he's looked like he's... he's I think you nailed it right on the head. I think a year ago we would have said Bhuvi's our lead strike bowler across all three formats. Bumrah's you know, getting up there and then we have different bowlers for each format to back them up. But I would now tell you probably most of us would agree that Bumrah is our lead strike bowler across all three formats now and Bovi, if anything, is playing that support role. So I think, I don't know what it is. It's hard to hit the nail on what specifically it is, but I think he needs to really up his game. He probably needs a little more time in the nets. I hope he plays in the side that's playing against the, the Cricket Australia 11 that starts tomorrow, the warm-up game. So that we can, you know, see him back at his best. Because Bovi at his best is a sight for sore eyes. Awesome, guys. So, I mean, we all kind of called the T20 series in India's favour when we spoke to Manners. Manners obviously called it for Australia. I think we, we weren't far, far off the mark. I mean, we got the tough bit out of the way by losing the first game. So, Australia had their win. 
and then we were on course for the wins at the MCG and the SCG, but obviously the rains came and spoiled the story at the MCG, and then we were only able to tie the uh, tie the T20 trophy at at the SCG. So I think that wraps up the T20 India versus Australia series. Moving on, the other big story of the week has been the Women's World T20. Now, um, India, after winning all four group matches, including beating the hot favourites Australia, lost to England in what was an anticlimactic final. Um, India were coasting at 80, 89 for two, uh, with Harman Preetkor and Jemima Rodriguez batting. And suddenly, they just collapsed with Heather Knight taking a bunch of wickets to 112 all out. And then England came out, they lost a couple of wickets early on to spin, but they just kind of knocked the runs off quite comfortably. I think it was uh, Amy Jones and Nat Skiver who scored 50s each. But the big story from that was Mithali Raj's exclusion. And Ashwin, I want to come back to this because it has parallels to who we were talking about earlier, MS Dhoni. Now, with the backlash that Harman Preet has got for dropping a marquee legendary player like Mithali Raj, Will Virat Kohli have the guts to drop MS Dhoni in a World Cup? Sorry, so just before Ashwin goes, the only question I have is: Was she dropped only in the final, uh, in the semi-final? Did she play the rest of the tournament? She played the first three games, and in the fourth game, she was unwell, and that was against Australia, which was who are the favourites, who obviously became eventual winners. So. Harman came on for the semi-final saying, look, we had a winning combination against Australia. We want to continue that on. So that's where that came from. So good question for context. Look, DJ, to your question, I don't think Kohli would have dropped Amazoni anyway. So I'm not sure necessarily that the amount of backlash, etc. would change that. I think Kohli is very dependent on him, but also has made clear, like you mentioned in the last show, he's backed Amazoni publicly. He's made clear that Tony has a spot in the ODI side, at least until next year's World Cup. So I don't know if that would have happened anyway. I mean, my overall reaction to the issue is it's very easy for us once we lose a game to look back and pinpoint it to one thing. I think England played better on the day. I think the, the Indian players just didn't bring the, their A game the way they had. And that's okay. Like, that's the point of these long tournaments that, and these knockout style tournaments that it means we're just like, you could have one bad day and you're out. And that's fine. That's what we love about the game. So I think it's easy to look back. I think separately, Mithali's manager came out and said some horrifying things about Harman Preet, and I don't think that's okay at all. I don't think anybody associated with the team, whether it's just by being an agent or manager, etc., should be should be publicly saying those things. So I think that's bad for the sport, bad for the team, bad for the game. I would tell you when I was online on Twitter and I was saying, hey, we sh- she should have been picked. And not because of anything to do with momentum or winning combination or anything, but just reading the pitch. It was the second game being played on the pitch that day. You saw England versus West Indies. You saw what England did well, and you saw what West Indies didn't do well. And it was it was the kind of pitch that needed somebody like a you know Mithali who brings that stability, who brings who's less likely to get out. Maybe she won't score at 150 strike rate, but you needed that. So I think it was a tactical misstep. I don't think it was about the, I don't at least in my take it wasn't about the politics. And hopefully that a week this one blows over quickly. Yeah, and it was, it was quite a sad end to India's campaign because I was really excited about kind of it was uh, the semi final was on a Thursday. So I couldn't actually stay up that late, but I was quite quite excited that the final would be on the weekend and you could stay up and watch it because it started like midnight my time, right? And even three hours from then is 3 a.m. and if you've got to go to work the next day, it's quite hard. But it kind of took the wind out of the sails for me when I woke up the next morning, I saw that India had lost because I was actually backing our girls to 
put one past England after they lost to them at Lords last year. But it just seems like the pressure kind of got to them a little bit. I mean, but I think overall an outstanding performance from a team that wasn't doing very well till recently. I did, I don't think they did very well in the Asia Cup, to be honest. I think they lost to Bangladesh as well. So I think an outstanding performance from a team kind of put women's cricket back on people's minds. And I think what what really stood out for me was this was a standalone tournament. It wasn't tagged on to the men's T20 or something else. And all the games were telecast. And I mean, the quality of cricket, we've spoken about this before, was excellent. The power was there. The skill was there. And I mean, the fact that it was being telecast, everyone watched it. And I really enjoyed it. I really followed it. I got to know a lot of new players. And I think it's done a great thing for the game. The only thing I'd say is that if India had won the trophy, you may have seen an explosion of women's cricket in India. Now, we've almost lost two chances in two years for that. And I'm hoping that this keeps going and there'll be like a... At at some point, we'll win and then people will take women's cricket more seriously and money will be poured into it. But until we win a global tournament, I don't see that happening. It happened in the men's game in 1983 when we won the World Cup. And let's have to wait and watch. But Ashwin, I mean, I know you followed it the most. So your thoughts on the tournament as a whole? Yeah, I agree with you. I think I want to repeat what I said earlier. It's a knockout tournament. You can have one bad day. Let's not lose sight of the fact that India won all four of their group games, including beating Australia. I I think there's obviously room for growth. And I agree with you that it took a 1983 World Cup win for the Indian men to bring money into the game in India and more eyeballs. But I think it's great to see the game progressing. I mean, some of the stroke play, one of the things I tweeted is watching... Harmanpreet dance down the track and hit a six-over extra cover is... I mean, I haven't seen anybody do that since Ganguly or maybe we'll never see that again. It's just this exquisite batting. There's some really, really great performers. So I think we need to keep... like People like us, I say this publicly, people like us who are fans and advocates of the game need to keep supporting it publicly. I love how much, you know, even just on our social media timelines on Twitter and Instagram, lots of people seem to be following it, going through the emotions with the Indian girls. So I think it's, it's great. Look, I think the truth is, the last piece I wanted to chat about really quickly is the two teams that reached the finals and played probably the best in the tournament other than India are Australia and England. And in Australia, you have a women's big bash league. And in, in England, you have a, a fairly long women's domestic season. That's pretty sophisticated. I think there have been calls out there. And I think there should be some pressure now on the BCCI for a women's IPL. I mean, not all of us could obviously use more reason to do IPL fantasy cricket. So for a longer season or a women's team would be great too. But more than that, it really... I mean, we've seen with the men's team too, it feeds the pipeline. It get, brings a little bit of sponsorship cash in. It brings some money in. It makes it, you know, parents of young girls who are talented in the sport will maybe be able to look at it and say, hey, maybe you can make a living out of it, which I don't believe they can do today. So uh, other than if you make the national side. So I, I think I'm optimistic about that. I think that could be really game-changing for women's cricket in India. Varun, any thoughts on the women's game? Harmanpreet's idol is obviously Viru. So, she's on the right track. <laughs> she's definitely on the right track. But no, I basically echo everything Ashwin said. I think it's great. I think IPL for me, women's, is, it's a great idea. But I think it's a little bit uh, still out there. I think they need to make sure monetarily uh, it, it works. But I think it's a great idea. And I, I personally, I got caught in some bad time zones for the games. But... I was checking it on Quick Info, on Quick Buzz, and I was generally excited about it. So, so I think it was great. Yeah, also the IPL really took off once India won the T20 World Cup, right, in South Africa. So, 
that's when the IPL exploded. And I mean, they, they, they just need, they just need a little bit of a spark for the powder keg to go off. And yeah. So anyway, guys, just moving on very quickly to what else has happened in the world of cricket. Today, England have beaten Sri Lanka to complete a 3-0 whitewash. They also won the ODIs and uh, the T20s. So, Joe Root's going to be a pretty happy guy coming back to England for Christmas. So, he's had a pretty successful tour out there. And uh, New Zealand, uh, 1-0 up against Pakistan. But who knows how long that's going to last. Um, Pakistan collapsed, chasing quite a small target. I think it was 180-odd. They lost their la- something like their last seven wickets for 32 runs to lose the match in a thriller. And now the, the second test is on and uh, Yasir Shah has become the first man since Anil Kumble to take 10 wickets in a day after bowling New Zealand out and making a follow-on. So, I think the new trend is actually people are winning test matches away from home. So, Virat Kohli should probably take a little bit of note of that. To say that everybody does well at home and doesn't win away is no longer true. So, I think King Kohli needs to just... Um, Win us this Australia Test Series, which we will be previewing next week. But anyway, guys, that's all we have for this week. Do send us a tweet with your feedback. Do subscribe to our podcast. Do tell people, tell your friends about it. Tell people you work with about the podcast. This is how we grow. Do subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment. Get in touch. We love to hear from you guys. We love talking to you guys on Twitter. It's lots of fun. And we will be back next week, time zones permitting and scheduling permitting. Um, I think we'll all be uh, here next week, but um, actually we'll make sure we're here next week. (laughs) So we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. Hello, 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 everybody. It's been another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. On What the Hell Navya, Jaya Bachchan, Shwetananda and Navya herself dish out stories from their childhood. They discuss tough love between parents and their kids. On Pesa Vesa, Anupam talks to Baman Irani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD at Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shad Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a padyatra. On the Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled, but must be beautifully managed. And on the Filter Coffee podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi, Senior Ambassador of the TEDx program and curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and its franchise model. Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store, also links to all of our social media stuff, which is at IVM Podcast. Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya, and on our show, Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 
Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website or wherever you get your podcast from.